Today's episode is brought to you by Create Engage, the digital marketing agency for the disruptive management consultancy. Digital marketing has moved forwards, but most consulting firms haven't. Many consulting firms still see their corporate blog as their sole digital marketing channel and find themselves frustrated when these blogs yield little, if any, results. For those consultancies that understand digital marketing, though, it can be a huge asset and help them achieve rapid business growth. In fact, at Create Engage, we've recently written a case study of one successful consulting firm that used digital marketing to help them grow over 400% in just three years. Having spent countless hours researching consulting firms and consulting leaders for this podcast, it became very clear that while some firms do digital marketing well, the vast majority of consulting firms struggle to leverage its power and don't know where to start. To help those of you who want to harness the power of digital marketing to grow your consulting business, but don't have the knowledge, capacity, or in-house capability to do so, I launched Create Engage, the first digital marketing agency for the management consulting industry. As former consultants ourselves, we understand the challenges that you face when it comes to delivering effective digital marketing that engages prospective clients and generates leads. Having worked in the industry, we understand consulting buyers what resonates with them and what doesn't. This enables us to harness the latest in digital marketing in a way that aligns with your brand and your market positioning to attract the prospective clients that you're looking to target. We understand that each consultancy is unique and have a range of services to help you shape, implement and sustain effective digital marketing strategies that deliver results, regardless of where you are on your digital marketing journey. If you would like to find out more, about how Create Engage can help you use digital marketing to take your business to the next level, then send me an email at nick at createengage.co.uk or go to our website, createengage.co.uk, where you can download that free case study that breaks down the digital marketing strategies used by one successful consulting firm to help them grow over 400% in just three years and gives you the secrets they used so that you can apply them in your own firm. If you want to outpace your competitors and stand out in the crowded consulting market, then get in touch. We'd love to help you grow your business through digital marketing. Hi, and welcome to Climbing Consulting. Today is a very special episode, and it's a very special episode for two reasons. The first is it is episode 40, another huge milestone for the show. I can't believe that we are at 40 episodes already. It's been amazing so far, and I look forward to sharing interviews with even more great guests over the next 40 episodes. And the other thing that this episode marks, and it's about six days late, but it is an important thing to mark, is that this episode marks the one-year anniversary of Climate Consulting. For those of you who have been here since the beginning, you will remember that this podcast went live uh, February the 16th of 2018, went live with two fantastic guests who were both very kind and generous with their time and happy to risk trying out a podcast that had never been tested before, an interviewer that had never been tested before, and a whole new format. And that was Matt Chung at Clarisys and Don Morehouse now of Method Grid. Both fantastic guests, both really good, really enjoyable interviews. And from the messages I've had from a number of you, interviews that you really enjoyed and found really powerful. So just wanted to share those two milestones and say thank you very much to you for listening throughout that time. When I started this podcast way back in 2018, or when I started thinking about it and speaking to people in 2017, I'd originally said to myself, that I will do 
two, three, maybe four episodes. And if no one likes it, no one listens, I'll park it, I'll hide it, I might delete it, and no one will ever know about it, I'll move on. It will be chalked up to experience. And it's been amazing how it has turned into what it is and how it's been anything but that. As I say on every one of these episodes, it's always nice and always means a lot to me to get messages from you as listeners to the show and it's amazing for me to find out the breadth of listeners that I've got. I have listeners who are at the start of their career, I have listeners who are at the end of their career, who have sold companies, who are growing companies, who are doing incredible things in consulting. I have listeners from all over the world. I think the furthest I've been messaged from, I got a message from someone who is based in Nairobi. I never thought when I launched this podcast that I would have people listening to this show in Nairobi and anywhere else in the world for that matter. So it is fantastic. And thank you to those of you who have messaged me to say what this show means to you. And if you're thinking about it, please do. It always means a lot for me. And it also means a lot to my guests to get messages about how much these conversations have helped you. So that introduction brings us on to actually the topic that I want to share with you today. It's a topic that I've been talking to a lot of consulting leaders and heads of marketing about, and that is creating content. Because this podcast is one form of content. It's a form that I really like. It's a form that obviously you like, and it's a form that not many consulting firms actually use. And while that's something that through Create Engage, I help consulting firms solve, I help consulting firms create their own podcasts, it struck onto a deeper point. And the conversations that I've had with consulting leaders and heads of marketing has, has struck onto the deeper point of content in general and actually creating content. All consulting firms that I speak to understand that in today's world, they need to be producing quality content. And I think there's a move from thought leadership, which we obviously have all heard about to actually producing content and regular content. It doesn't have to be that 10,000 page white paper that took five years for you to create. It can be small content. It can be short blogs. It can be short videos. It can be podcasts. Whatever it is, creating content is a real challenge that many consulting firms that I speak to face. And when you dig underneath this, because I think there's two main reasons, and I want to address both in today's show. The first is time. I'm always presented with the challenge that consulting firms don't have enough time. Consultants don't have enough time. And, and sometimes that is the case. But equally, having been a consultant, I know that that's not the case all the time. Sometimes you are maxed out on project. You're working 12, 15 hours a day to deliver for the client because that is your priority. That is what you should be doing. But I also know that there are projects where sometimes you're not that busy because maybe it's a long-term project. Maybe there's been a delayed decision by the project steering group, or maybe just the project team's so big and the work streams are so big that you don't need to be flat out all day, every day to deliver. And so I'm going to address the two things that I think are at the heart of these challenges. The first is actually, I call it the fear, but call it what you want, the fear of creating content. And that comes in many different forms from, from knowing what to write about to understanding how to create things like podcasts to actually getting out and putting your message out there. And I'm going to cover all of that. And then the second piece, because it is genuinely a real issue, is time. It's actually how can you make more from less? How can you do more with what you have? How can you take one piece of content and turn it into 10? And I'm going to cover all of that today. So let's start with actually how to get over the fear of creating content, or if you'd prefer, how to go about creating content. Maybe you're not scared, maybe you've just never thought about it and you want to create more content. So there's four steps here and I'm going to go through them in order. So the first is defining who you are creating content for. 
The second is starting small and building up. The third is practicing. And then the fourth is, is rather obviously getting it out there. But I'm going to share in that point my experience of doing so just to give you hopefully some reassurance and the way I found it or the positive impact I found because of it. So the first point, defining your target audience. And this is something that most consultants, I don't think, have ever really thought of beyond the basics. You know, we work with CXO level executives. Well, that's sort of like saying I work with people who do stuff. It's not very specific because I've met plenty of CXO level executives who are all extremely different, who all have different priorities, different needs, different responsibilities, different desires, different dreams, different concerns. And as you know with your consulting work, if you follow the same approach for every client you work with, you're probably going to deliver two or three of your products fantastically because they are the same type of client. But for every other client, they're going to go catastrophically wrong because you're dealing with different people. We talk about in consulting all the time, managing stakeholders, effective stakeholder management. Well, it's just the same when it comes to your marketing. And so if you are a consultant thinking about how to create more content or you are a marketing function, and this applies equally to firms as it does to individuals, spend some time thinking about who do you want to create that content for. So it might be that you want to create content that appeals to COOs of insurance firms. It's the area I used to work in. Well, then you want to start actually thinking about what the COOs in that industry are like. And you want to go a bit more specific. Are you talking COOs across the industry? Or are you talking a specific area or a specific size of insurance company or a specific market of insurance companies? Whatever it might be. And it will be the same regardless of industry. Every industry has its niches and sub-niches. Which niche are you focusing on? Once you've got clarity on who it is you are trying to create content to, who it is you're trying to attract to your message, to your brand, you can then actually start to move on to actually putting out your message. And the key thing I would say is start small. So let's say you have decided that COOs in mid-sized motor insurance firms are the place you want to focus. They're the people who you want to attract, who you want to see your content, who you want to build your personal brand with. You want to become known in that space. Now, if you want a direct example of someone who's done this, previous guest of mine, Nigel Walsh, he's known as Mr. InsureTech. He set out his stall as being the consultant who is known for InsureTech and knows everything about it and everyone in it. He's done it fantastically and he puts out a ton of content all reinforcing his position in this space. Go and check out his episode that he did for Climbing Consulting or check out his LinkedIn. I'll put links to both in the show notes. Now, starting small doesn't mean you have to then write, I now know who I'm, I'm attracting. I'm going to go and write 50 articles, 50 blogs, 50 podcasts. Start by just sharing content that you think will be interesting to these people. So that might be an article that someone else posted on LinkedIn, let's say, that you can then reshare. It might be something that you find through Google. Google News is a brilliant source of articles. And the best thing about something like Google News is you can set alerts. So let's say you want to find interesting articles on the motor insurance market in the UK. You could spend hours searching through Google, or you could just put those search parameters into Google News, set an alert, and every morning you will have the latest articles on it. Simple as that. Do that, and then when you've gone through those 5, 10, 20, how many articles it picks out, 
pick the one or two that you think are, are most relevant to your target market, to the people you want to attract, and just post them. Post them on LinkedIn. Make a, a brief statement about why you're sharing them. It could even be one a week to start. Frankly, if you did one post a week, you will be ahead of 90% of the people on LinkedIn. And that includes many very senior successful people in our industry. If you want to start to build a reputation for yourself, the barrier right now is actually quite low. There are a small number of people who are posting a phenomenal amount of content and there are a huge number of people posting none. So you only have to do a little bit to be seen as above the rest in the market. So start by doing that, posting content, maybe like content or comment on content that influencers in your space are talking about. So go and find, let's say your area's insurance, go onto Nigel's LinkedIn, find something he wrote that you found interesting and just like it or comment on it. And you can do the same with any influencers in your space. And that's the start of getting comfortable with creating content and writing content. And it doesn't take much time. Everyone I know should have five minutes at some point in their week to review the email that Google has automatically sent you and share one article and write one sentence about it. If you don't have that much time in your work week, then you need to have a conversation with your project manager or your practice lead or your advisor, whoever it may be, because you are working too hard. Everyone should be able to find five minutes. Now, Let's assume you, you've got comfortable with that small shares and you want to build up to maybe doing a podcast or doing videos, micro videos like the ones that I post on LinkedIn, or maybe writing blogs, because I think, again, blogs, we assume that everyone can write. We've all been, you know, you, you, most consultants have been to university and therefore they can write blogs or all consultants write as part of their day job so they can write blogs. It's not true. We all know, I'm sure you do. There are a lot of consultants who can't write good blogs and I've seen it as well. I speak to a lot of consulting firms about it. It's a struggle that a lot of firms know they have. So how do you get better at this? How do you, how do you warm up to creating content? Well, practice. So let's say you want to do your own podcast and maybe one day I'll do an episode on how to run your own podcast because I know it's an area of interest to people is could you go and interview one of your partners, let's say you work in a mid-sized firm, could you go and interview one of the partners and, and you know, be, be clear with them? Look, I want to start a podcast for our firm. Could I interview you as practice? Now, you might even say that this is going to be an internal initiative. I know some firms who are itching to find a way to get their partners' voices out to their consulting teams because the partners are busy. They're working across, let's say, five accounts and their consulting team might never see them or maybe the consultant that is in their practice is working on a project outside of practice. So they just they don't have that connection. So actually an internal podcast could be a great thing for you to start. And that offer to interview someone is always going to be received well, even if they say they don't have time. And for those people who do say they have time and are willing to do it, well, they give you great practice. And if it's an internal podcast, let's say, because you're practicing, there's very low risk. You know, do the interview and be honest with the person. Say, well, if this doesn't work, if you don't like it or I don't like it, we'll delete it and it never happened. And the best thing about this is, at its simplest, you can usually do it with your iPhone. Or if you're both on client site, you can just use Skype. You would be amazed what you can do with two laptops, two sets of headphones and Skype. And the reason I'm saying all this, and you might be saying, Nick, you're doing yourself out of a job. Well, it's a very different thing. If you want a simple, easy podcast that you're going to do internally and you're not too worried about quality, crack on. That is how I would do it. And I think it's a great soft training patch or soft sandbox for you to practice. And frankly, it's it's what I did when I started. Before all my first interviews, a good friend of mine very kindly gave me an evening of hers and was my first ever interview, first ever interviewee. And that interview's never seen the light of day. I don't know if it ever will, but she kindly let me practice. And that was phenomenally useful because 
it is amazing the difference between thinking you can do something and actually doing it, even if it's with a friend. So practice, practice. If it's a podcast, practice, listen back to yourself and get comfortable with that and, and actually learn what it is that you, maybe those things that you say too often, maybe the things that you could have thrown in that maybe you do in the next conversation. Likewise, if you're doing a micro video, just give it a go. Great thing with video is if 20 seconds in, you think you sound stupid, you can just stop and delete it. That's why uh, I've said in a number of blogs, but I think consultants' time is almost always better spent on things like video and audio, because actually the time to create it is much shorter, usually, than blogs. It involves much less review, it involves much less time writing, creating, and the content is usually much more powerful and can be reused for more things than a, a blog. But if blogging is your thing, or your firm have a big push for blogs, again, just practice writing. There will be people in your firm who are great writers. There'll be people in your firm who, who aren't. Focus on the people who are. Ask their advice. Likewise, use use apps. So um, one of the apps I've suggested before in one of my blogs is Hemingway, which is a an online quality scorer for written English. Go and have a use of that. Write your blog, put it into Hemingway, see what Hemingway says. It'll say which bits are good, which bits are bad, what you can improve. It's a great way to improve your writing. Now, that is the first three steps. So you've got who you're trying to target. You've got your target clients, your target audience. You've started small. You've started sharing things on LinkedIn. You've started practicing the bigger pieces of content. What's next? Well, when you are comfortable, well, un slightly still uncomfortable, I would say is probably best, start putting that content out there. Get the buy-in from your firm if it's a podcast or a video and just have a go if it's a blog and just put that content out to the world. It's scary and I've been there. You know, when I started this podcast, I was worried about what people would think, how I would sound, what colleagues might say, what clients might say. And the only thing I can give you here is that from doing this podcast for the last year, I've had nothing but positive feedback and positive results. Doing the podcast and sharing content has opened more doors for me than I could ever imagine. And compared to others, I'm still relatively small fry. I'm very small fry, in fact. What am I saying? So the only the reason to say that is not to blow my own trumpet, but it's to tell you and reassure you that by even putting out a small amount of content, like I said earlier, you put yourself above the vast majority of people in our industry. And putting yourself above them, putting yourself there makes you a thought leader. And it's amazing in an industry that focuses so heavily on thought leadership, how few people are actually willing to be thought leaders. Now, that's the first part, which is if you're unsure or concerned about making content. The second piece is time. Because this is, this is a real problem. If you are maxed out on project or you're building your business, if you're a consulting entrepreneur or maybe you're building your practice area, whatever it may be, there aren't enough hours in the day. We work long weeks as consultants. We work hard. We balance client work with internal business development and business initiatives. There's not much time. So here is a really, really easy way to find time to create content and find time to create content ideas, which I know is another challenge for people. And this, this advice is largely taken from one of my previous guests, Natalia Vihovsky, who I will link to and put her interview in the show notes in case you missed it. Um, she is a personal branding specialist. She has over, gosh, I think at the time we recorded, it was something like 150,000 followers across social media. On LinkedIn alone, she has 40,000. She has flown in by companies all over the world to speak about personal branding. I mean, what she has achieved is amazing. And she gave this really good advice that I want to share with you and give a, a slight consulting spin to because I think it's such good advice. If you are flat out doing delivery, doing client work, doing business development, well, 
the easiest way to create content is twofold. So firstly, how do you create content ideas? Well, in your, your phone, so maybe in Notes or Evernote, or maybe if you've just got a, a notepad, every time something comes up in a week that is interesting on your project or in a, a client meeting, let's say, just make a note of it. So let's say you have a meeting with a CIO at a bank and he has a really big problem. He's like, I need an answer to this and I just don't know what to do. And then maybe you go and see the CIO at another bank and she says, actually, this is my big issue. I really need help with this. And it could be completely different to the first one. Every time you get one of those really interesting, really meaty questions or just really interesting things that happened on a project, make a note of it. And it's worth saying here, for those of you who maybe are more junior and thinking, well, Nick, I don't go to any of these meetings with global CIOs. I'm never going to have anything interesting. Focus on what's interesting to you at your level, because I can guarantee you there are people at your level and below who will find it interesting. There is always someone who is behind you in whatever it may be, who will want to learn from your experience. Even if you are a 21-year-old graduate analyst, there will be interns who want to learn from you. There will be university applicants who want to learn from you. You know, if you're 21 right now, go and write a blog on how you got into your consulting firm. I can promise you it will go down phenomenally well with everyone who is trying to apply to your firm. It'll probably get people reaching out to you to apply to your firm. And actually could be very good for you, very lucrative, because most firms offer referral bonuses. So straight there, let's say you get a referral bonus of three grand per applicant or per hire, and you get 10 graduates who, through your blog, find you, get in, that's 30 grand. That is a pretty much a year's salary for most starting consultants. So there you go for those of you who are more junior. Hopefully that make, helps you see the relevance to you as well. So bringing it back to everyone, once you've, you have you make these notes, just do it in a week. It doesn't have to be big notes, just you know one-liners on each of these interesting questions. And then on a Friday, when you've gone back to head office, you've gone back to base, so you've gone back and you're working from home, and we all know that Fridays are usually a slightly quieter day. Doesn't matter where you work, doesn't matter your project. Sometimes projects are flat out, but if you're working a 543, most consultants will go back to base on a Friday and the client understands Friday is the time to do pastoral stuff. It's time to do internal stuff. Obviously, you need to keep the project going because you're being paid for it, but you've worked flat out for four days a week, 12 hours a day on the client. Most decent clients understand that Friday is probably not going to be a 12-hour day. So on that Friday, carve out half an hour, carve out an hour and just book a room or put your headphones on or do not disturb, whatever it is, and open your notebook. Take those 10 questions and create the answers to each. And when I say create, that could be anything. That could be a blog. It could be a status. It could be a video. It could be a little infographic. It could be a little picture with a, a caption on. It could be an audio like this. Or if you think you've got a really powerful idea, you could send it to your marketing team. Marketing teams and pretty much every marketing team I've spoken to are itching to get hold of great content that their consultants are dealing with right then to build into blogs, to build into articles, to build into ebooks, whatever it might be. So right there, take those 10 questions and answer them in whatever way you want. There you have 10 pieces of content. Now let's say they're all 10 statuses. The great thing is once you've captured these and you've shared them, because you can share, let's say you share one a week, that's 10 weeks worth of content. Share two a week, that's five weeks. You've just got over a month's worth of content there from one week alone. 
The great thing, though, is once you've got these, you can go back to them. So you, you can repurpose, for instance, stuff that maybe came up this week and last week. Well, if you've got two questions, maybe turn that into a blog if it was statuses before or create a video on a status you did last week that went down really well. The great thing about sharing content, particularly on LinkedIn, is if you put something up and it gets a lot of engagement, a lot of likes, a lot of shares, a lot of comments, you know that people found it interesting and relevant. So you can be pretty sure that by doing something that's very similar, albeit not the same, you will get a similar response. And that's a really easy way to build content. Find what worked last week and do it again this week. So that is just some really simple advice if you are struggling for time. Make notes of interesting things that happen on your project and then block out some time on a Friday or on the train home on a Thursday, you know, whenever it might be, or even just when you're in a hotel, because if you've not, if you've got a small project team or you're, or you're on your own, and I've, I've been there, once you've had your dinner and you've been to the gym, there's not a whole lot to do in your hotel room. So block out some time and just make these social statuses, make these updates, get involved. I hope that that has been useful. Like I say, it's a topic that I'm speaking to more and more people about and I'm finding is more and more of a challenge for all of the consulting leaders I speak to, but also the consultants who are underneath them. Because if you are entering the consulting industry at the moment, if you are in your 20s, you know that this is where the world's going. You use Instagram. You see the impact that influencers are having on your life, on that of your friends. You are buying products that influencers are recommending. And that is where the corporate world is moving. We are moving from glossy brochures, glossy talking head videos of old white men in offices to dynamic, engaging content that's produced by and absorbed by people like you. The world is moving that way. And if you can get ahead of it, you will put yourself in the best place for your career. Likewise, if you were at the senior end, you are seeing what your competitors are doing. I talk a lot about 11FS. I talk a lot about Elixir because they are at the forefront of this. But very soon, other firms are going to catch up. And if you're not one of those ones that catches up, where is that going to leave you? I hope that this has been useful. Like I say, I think two really important topics. How do you get over the fear of creating content and start putting your message out to the world? And then once you're happy doing that, how do you find time when you're on a busy project? If you have any questions on these, please do drop me an email. It's always good to get your questions. I'll put all of the links in the show notes that I've talked about and really... Just wanted to say thank you again for listening to this episode for all of the 39 that have gone before. Very special thank you to those of you who have listened throughout. And I also, I should have thanked before I started, and this isn't turning into an Oscars speech, I promise, uh, those of you who helped me launch the podcast, those of you who in the early days and continue to give your time to be interviewed, and equally those of you who in the early days, my close network, who just helped me launch the podcast, get it to number 69 in the iTunes charts when it launched, and really got it off on the right footing. So thank you to all of you. I hope this helps and I look forward to sharing more great interviews and tips with you for the coming year. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Climb in Consulting podcast. If you did, I would be very grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast platform of choice, whichever one you may be using. And please also share this with anyone that you think could benefit from hearing today's interview. If you want to get in touch or give me any feedback about the podcast, please feel free to drop me an email. It's nick at climbinconsulting.com and I look forward to hearing from you.